The Chargers coaching staff has been highly targeted during this hiring cycle of 2022, and what we have now seen is Brandon Staley putting together his succession plan, and we're going to talk about that on today's Locked on Chargers podcast. You are Locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons now, but this is our fifth as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Thanks for making us your first listen, and to make sure you never miss the show, make sure to go subscribe to the new Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But, David, we haven't got to talk about the Chargers' additions to their coaching staff, right, with a lot of attention being paid to a lot of their offensive coaches specifically. I mean, three offensive coordinator positions almost were taken by Chargers offensive coaches, and one did with, you know, Frank Smith. And another defensive coach for the Chargers had an opportunity to be the defensive coordinator for the Saints. So we're going to talk about some of the guys who are taking over those places and also how Brandon Staley is building his succession plan. And now because he knows with Justin Herbert, with that offense, these guys are going to go and he has to have guys in place to keep that continuity going. So we're going to talk about that as well as new offensive line coach Brendan Nugent and being familiar with that Joe Lombardi scheme and also talking about the other new coaches like Chris Gold, Tom Marth and Mike Heastand as well. So David, I think it starts here with the number one thing about this, which is Brandon Staley is making his succession plan right now. We talked about how many coaches got a lot of, you know, different offers. You have Joe Lombardi had an offer, not an offer, but an interview to be the head coach for Houston. You have Chris Beatty, the wide receivers coach being interviewed to be an offensive coordinator for the Vikings. Kevin Coger, OC for Denver. Frank Smith leaves to go to Miami with Mike McDaniel and Mike Wilhoy interviewed for the Saints defensive coordinator position. So we do know that pretty much all those guys outside of Frank Smith did not get the job at this point with the latest, you know, rumors coming out today about the Saints defensive coordinator position, potentially co-defensive coordinators. But it is important, David, because as you're seeing, like these guys are going to go. You're around Justin Herbert. You have a defensive minded head coach. These guys are going to get poached and you have to have a backup plan to try to keep some continuity. Yeah, you absolutely do. And I think this is a a phenomenal thing to do from your head coach because in the NFL, we know there is a very, very high turnaround. And these guys are always looking to move up. They're always looking to get that next opportunity, that next that next challenge, that next title. Right. I mean, we know that this is how it works. It works through relationships and it works uh, in the NFL. You have to be ready for this. So, I mean, the succession plan for uh, Brandon Staley, definitely very important because this is a young offense. This is something that's brand new. It's a young defense still, right? You're still trying to ingrain and kind of initiate how you are going to play. So you want to have guys on staff that are ready to take over whenever those higher caliber names or those bigger names like a Joe Lombardi eventually leaves to go take a head coaching job somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I definitely know Shane Day is like, what did I do wrong, right? Why, yeah, right. why am I not getting that? Yeah, the wide receiver is coach. for 5000 and I don't get yeah. a look at all? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's definitely wondering. But I do think that is kind of what's happening here. And I, I think it's really positive that Brandon Staley is obviously keeping these things in mind, especially knowing 
what Justin Herbert has gone through as far as how many different offensive coordinators and how many different head coaches he's been through during his college and professional career so far. So, like, I think that's the other big thing here, David, is just having Justin Herbert have two straight years in the same offense and seeing how much he can grow from last year to this year when he's not just having to learn all of the basic steps, right, and that baseline stuff. He has the baseline stuff now. Now you can start adding on to it. And I think the other part of this is also just how much other young coaches, especially on the offensive side of things, you would think are going to want to come play with Justin Herbert just because it's like Justin, you know, Brandon Staley talked about wanting to get these guys to the next step, wanting his coaches to get hired. I mean, that's starting to happen already, but you'd have to think other guys around the league, especially up-and-coming offensive coaches, are going to want to get as close to Justin Herbert as they can. Yeah, and why wouldn't you? Because, of course, you got a defensive head coach, right, who is – going to be, you know, is in command of the defense, who is calling the plays, is, is you know, and is going to take all the credit or, you know, take all, all of the negativity that comes with that. But on the offensive side, there's a lot more room to shine. And, of course, you know you have one of the best young quarterbacks, one of the most highly talented quarterbacks in the NFL who has a very, very bright future ahead of him. And hey, why not attach your name to a guy you know is going to go out there and produce in an offense that was top five in the NFL last year and has all the cap space and all of the resources to keep that pipeline on the offense moving year after year after year with a stud top five quarterback like Justin Herbert. Yeah, and I put on Twitter, you know, that dude's going to get a lot of guys paid. But I think what you're also seeing is, you know, how much of the relationships with Brandon Staley are coming into play here. And not just Brandon Staley, but Joe Lombardi, right? I mean, Tom Arth, the new, you know, basically offensive assistant, you know, pass game assistant, whatever. I mean, he's a guy that actually coached Brandon Staley, you know, when they were at D3, John Carroll. And then you go to the new offensive line coach, Brandon Nugent, has ties with Joe Lombardi when their time in New Orleans, another guy that knows the offense. And you have two Denver, you know, special teams guy than Chris Gold. And then you also have a you know assistant to the head coach from Denver as well. So as much as, you know, we're saying, hey, you want to keep all these, you know, young offensive minds coming in. It seems like there are a lot of this is still relationships, right? It's not like other guys oh, yeah. from a bunch of different teams that he has no relationship with, which we saw some of, right? The Kevin Cokers and guys like that. Shane yeah. Day, they didn't have a lot of ties. These guys have specific ties to the Chargers already. They're not going out of their way or going out of their tree to go get them. At the same time, you can't really doubt Brandon Staley, especially on the offensive side of the ball, because like, look at the guys he brought in and look at the opportunities and how well they're thought of throughout the rest of the league. Yeah, they're they're highly thought of. And I think that's one of the things that Brandon Staley did very well with his entire coaching staff was to build a very versatile staff that, you know, he picked from all over the place. He picked from the college programs, some yeah. of the most, um, you know, the some of the best offensive programs, some of the best defensive programs in the NFL. Tried to get all of that talent, tried to get guys that had a track record of developing players and continuing to get the best out of guys. And we know that's that not something that has happened a lot around the Chargers. So, you know, that's a very, very important to have that type of staff. Um, and yeah, I mean, hey, the NFL is all about relationships. I mean, Brandon Staley is 40 years old. He's, he's a young coach. He hasn't been around the league very long, but everywhere you go, you're going to meet somebody that you, that you mesh with, that you vibe with, that are speaking the same language that you are. And of course, you're going to remember that and you're going to want to work with those people later on down the line. We see that in every single coaching tree 
across the NFL. Brandon Staley and the Chargers, definitely no different. Well, and I think the other part of it, too, is just looking at him going after, you know, guys that he probably thought very highly of, right? And at a place that's in chaos like Denver, where they got rid of their, you know, a lot of their staff, right? And now he's like, all right, well, they just relieved, you know, 12 coaches. Let me go through and find the ones that I really liked when I was there and bring them in and have give them a bigger role or give them some type of role, get them in the building because yeah. I know these are young up and coming guys. And so far with the guys he's had, you have the best of both worlds because you kind of get the warning sign of, hey, these dudes are going to leave. They're not going to be around for long, especially on the offensive side, while yeah. also getting to prepare in real time, getting these guys in the door now, not just having to go get guys because you're missing other guys. So they have most of this impressive offensive coaching staff still together, but they're still going to have to be able to reload and obviously plan for the future. You're trying to ease that transition as much as possible. So if you're continuously, just like you're trying to add more players to your, your roster, you're adding more coaches to your roster as well that can go out there and disseminate the information that you're trying to put out there when these coaches eventually leave. So I think it's a very, very smart thing to do. Well, and another thing we've seen, you know, too, is obviously Denver hasn't been historically good, especially lately. They have, you know, not super long after a a pretty, you know, good team made it to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl. But you also have seen a lot of guys coming from winning organizations if you're just looking at the two coaching staffs put together from 2021 and now 2022 and getting guys from winning cultures like the Saints who have been a long-standing winning team, right? And Sean Payton leaves. You're jumping on an opportunity to go get a guy like Brendan Nugent who's worked around a ton of Pro Bowl players and some other really good coaches, specifically Joe Lombardi. But like I said, I mean, it's hard to say – you can't bet on Brandon Staley, even if you were like kind of questioning the fits of some of these guys, just because it's already worked out so well for him with this first batch of not even all the guys he wanted, like getting declined some guys and still putting together the offensive coaching staff that he did. Right. But speaking of betting, the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is betonline.net and football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to lane, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. March Madness is right around the corner. You still have big-time UFC events coming up, championships coming up, and a ton of things to bet on, and even the sports you don't like as much, right? That even is better with BetOnline.net because even like, you know, Division three college basketball, you know, just watching games you would normally never care about. You have a little bit of action on that game. It's going to be the most important game of your life. And you can win some money with BetOnline.net, the only place that I go. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is also your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your Olympic coverage and odds there where you guys can bet on that as well. You know, get in on that action. There's a lot of fun things that become much funner in the Winter Olympics specifically, you know, when you're betting on it with BetOnline.net. But head to the website today, use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action because Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, David, well, we talked about, you know, kind of the Chargers succession plan with Brandon Staley, and it's nice to see them kind of working, you know, with that and doing it in real time and seeing how they're going about it. But I also liked the hire they made at their offensive line coach as well, bringing in Brendan Nugent, a guy who you're getting some continuity with, worked, you know, with Frank Smith. Obviously worked with Joe Lombardi as an assistant offensive line coach for a long time with the New Orleans Saints and had one season as their offensive line coach this season. And it sucks for him because he had a very banged up offensive line where he didn't probably get to put his best foot forward. But we did actually get Ross Jackson from the Locked On Saints to kind of give us, you know, what his thoughts were 
on Brandon Nugent leaving in case he did come to the Chargers, and he did. And this is what he had to say. Coach Nugent elevated from assistant O-line coach to O-line coach in 2021. After one year at the position, I'm glad he'll get another shot elsewhere. 2021 was plagued by O-line injuries and showed the real value of developing depth, which Nugent has been a major part of since joining the team in 2015. While as great as a lead position coach may be incomplete, from 2017 to 2020, he assisted the O-line that produced 10 Pro Bowlers in the fewest acts in the NFL. And if you're talking about, you know, winning kind of cultures, especially surrounding an offensive lineman, David, that kind of fits right there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to love that. I mean, the the Saints have just churned out great offensive linemen, and there's one of them that's on their team right now that would look really, really good in lightning bolts. He plays right tackle. Uh, but yes, I mean, and again, it's really important to continue to talk about the the continuity here with this offensive line. And also kind of makes me think it's like when Frank Smith was on his way out, did he put in a good word for, for, for Nugent here and say, Hey, you know, I know I'm, I'm heading off here. I'm going to be the offensive coordinator, you know, with the dolphins, but Hey, you know, Brendan Nugent over here, you know, he's got some, you know, he's got some knowledge of, of, of uh, Joe Lombardi and obviously was an assistant offensive line coach. You know, this is a good guy to kind of fill in and, and take over the reins of the offensive line coach for the chargers. Yeah, and I think the big part from what Ross Jackson said, and shout out to him at Locked On Saints for you know giving us that info there. Thanks, Ross. Kind of telling us how he's thought of over there. And I mean, like I said, Brandon Staley, Tom Twesley, they poached at a time when they had some uncertainty and were yeah. you know losing their head coach in Sean Payton. So thank you. That, things obviously changed quickly. The Chargers took advantage of that. They <clears> didn't promote Sean Sayert, which I mean, I guess I shouldn't be super surprised. I mean, it's nice because you're just bringing in another guy you feel good about taking that job, and you keep some consistency there with Sean Sarah, but I do think the other thing here, David, is the development, right? Because that's what we yeah. saw from Trey Pipkins last year. One of the most impressive things and one of the things we gave Frank Smith the most credit for was just how much different Trey Pipkins looked, especially looking as bad as we'd ever seen him in the preseason to what he ended up doing, getting, you know, passable games from Storm Norton at right tackle. Like, he, he did a lot of good things, but it's also not just the development because it's the development – and also the biggest thing that led to a lot of the success of the offensive line is continuing to pour valuable resources into the position and upgrading the overall talent there as well. Yeah, you can't expect Brendan Nugent to come in here and, and you know, be, you know, the, the savior here. So sure. the, the work is not done on the offensive line. Obviously, you got a great head start last year when you brought in one of the best centers in the league. You got in a high quality offensive lineman. Um, you know, from the Steelers, obviously Matt Fowler was phenomenal for the Chargers last year. And then you draft Rashawn Slater, who obviously was ridiculous, you know, yeah. <laughs> all, all pro as a rookie. But, you know, you look on the on the right side of the defensive line and, and you know there's work to do. And you also know that you need to continue to develop that depth as well. Because, unfortunately, in the NFL and especially on the offensive line, you know these guys are going to get hurt. They play a very demanding physical position so you have to be able to get guys that are always going to be able to come in provide adequate level of play until those starters are able to come back out there and play obviously you'd love to have all five of those guys play from the first week until the last week but that's just not logical because that just doesn't happen so you got to plan for the inevitable yeah, and depth is one thing, but like, let's not forget the Chargers have a big hole right now at right tackle, probably sure with the potential release of Brian Bulaga, and yep. also at right guard because Ode Abushi was on a one-year contract. Michael Schofield was on a one-year contract, right? So yeah. you need starting level talent there as well, and you don't want to go into the season with just an open competition between Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins, in my you know opinion. Yeah, you, and you up can't until let last that year. 
And up until last year, we had seen the Chargers go into seasons where you're like, there's no way they could have faith in that. And then that's the, you know, the lineup that rolls out there week one. So you have to hope yeah. Brandon Staley is a big influence as to why that didn't happen Please. last year. Because that's when it was the whole, you know, Tom Telesco says this, but Brandon Staley is saying this. Well, Brandon Staley said there was a big hole at left tackle, and they went out and signed Rashawn <laughs> Slater. Or drafted Emph- Rashawn yeah, Slater. emphatically addressed that need. Yeah, so you got to hope that Brandon Staley is also continuing to drive that car. And, I mean, he has to know. Obviously, your right tackle last year gave up 60 pressures, uh, the most in the NFL. And you know that that, that, that can't happen again. If you want to yeah. get the best out of your young quarterback – You have to continue to invest in protecting that young quarterback so he can still throw those lasers down the football field. Well, if you don't want to see a regression of that left side of the line that was so strong for them last season, I mean, you're bringing in someone that knows the same kind of system that they're running. So you don't have to worry as much about a regression or them not meshing the way that they should because you are getting some continuity there with someone who's very, you know, who was very involved with Dan Campbell and he was offensive line coach as an assistant and then took over eventually because they thought so highly of him, got blocked from interviewing other places for the same job. So this was another up and coming guy. Another hot shot up and coming offensive mind is also (laughs) a guy that was, as David told me earlier, Peyton Manning's backup, Tom R. Yes, sir. Who is uh, Brandon Staley's former head coach during his time at John Carroll and was most recently a very good coach for the Akron Zips. Well, he was a coach for the Akron Zips. He was a <laughs> coach for the Akron Zips. <laughs> and I say that because he was 3-24 uh, and 24 in his time there. I, I was reading, I mean, I've read about him before, but when I was just, you know, refreshing today, I was like, he got two of his three wins in 2021, I was two of his three, yeah, two of his three career wins as a head coach at Akron at the Division One level. Obviously, didn't work out that well. But David, yeah. what we do know that is this is a former quarterback, and more than anything, I think this is not for. I mean, you know, maybe he brings in, you know, maybe Brand Staley knows, hey, this is a guy who we can bring in. He's going to innovate these parts of our offense. We're going to get a little bit, you know, more deep shots down the field, or you know, we're going to yeah. add some things, some wrinkles there. But yeah. to me, this is more about. Get in the room, have him start learning from Shane Day, have him start learning from Joe Lombardi, have him start learning what Brandon Staley's offense is, because as Brandon Staley always tells you, it's not the Saints offense, it's Brandon Staley's offense, right? Well, it's Justin Herbert's offense, Well, Yes, yeah, Yeah. that's for sure. But Brandon Staley has a hand in it, as he always wants to know, right? So like that's the thing is like now you're having this guy come into the wings, start learning this craft, right? And obviously a guy who potentially could step in for one of these other guys who's going to eventually get poached. Well, this one was a, a, a little bit surprising that it didn't happen in his, in Brandon Stilley's first year. And it that, almost that, did. Yeah. And then I think that's why I was a little surprised that, you know, th- this move didn't happen earlier. So it, it happened. Now we knew it was going to happen. This was a name that it seems like this is a guy who is probably one of Brandon Staley's best friends, a guy you kind of work through the system with um, nine years at the college level. Um, you you heard his accolades at his other two stops, but at John Carroll, he was actually really damn good. He was 39 yeah. and seven, and he brought a championship to that program for the first time in over 40 years. I mean, at their at their level that they competed at. But um, yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. I think this is a guy that is going to be in the room. It's going to be tailing uh, Joe Lombardi everywhere that he goes and is going to be a sponge soaking up all the information and trying to process all of that offense, all those complex, uh, you know, different schemes that, you know, the Chargers offense is, is now consistent of. Um, and I, I think this is a guy who could potentially step in when Joe Lombardi gets his next opportunity. Because if Joe, if Justin Herbert keeps going out there and, and 
you know, gets 5,000, 40 plus touchdown seasons, Joe Lombardi is going to be gone very, very quickly. Yeah, I mean, he, whether it's Joe Lombardi, maybe it's Shane Day, right? Just because they didn't get yeah. any attention. This, you know, cycle doesn't mean he won't get some next cycle. But, right. I mean, being the pass game specialist, I think that's, I mean, you're getting a, you know, Division One head coach that went 3-24, and 24, but you were getting a guy who was shooting up the college ranks very quickly, right? To yeah. even get that job at Akron was a huge upset for how young this guy is and having only worked at the Division Three level. I mean, yeah, he's only 40 years old. I think that's yeah. another thing to remember. And it's a theme through all these coaches that are brought in. They're around 30 or late 30s, early 40s. All of them are young uh, as far as, you know, coaching standards are concerned. Yeah, and I mean, he was an NFL quarterback there as well, right? So he obviously yeah. knows the game to some level. And like we're talking about, hopefully he's coming in, you know, maybe adding a little bit, but more than anything, just learning so that you can keep some continuity for someone like Justin Herbert to make sure – that you don't break, right, what you already have made. Because, like, yeah. the only thing with Justin Herbert is, yeah, you want to just see him continuing to progress, and you don't want to see him regress at all. You don't want right. to see him have any trouble with continuity. And for the first time, he is having that kind of continuity, having the same offensive coordinator for two years in a row for the first time in his NFL yeah. career going into We know this three. dude is ridiculously intelligent, uh, as you know, evidenced by his academic Heisman, but let's see what he can do in a consistent offense and see right. where he's where he's able to take his game when he can really focus on those little details and really just ironing out and perfecting the type of offense that he wants to go out there and execute. That's something that I'd love to see out of Justin Herbert. Well, and hopefully opening up the playbook a little bit more, right? Because yeah, you're not changing the entire bit, offense. Man. Yeah, you're not changing the entire offense. You're just adding in new wrinkles because yeah. guess what? You're still a top five efficient offense in the NFL last year. And if it's not broke, don't fix don't it. Don't fix it. Right? Yeah, but exactly. if something does break in your car, the only place that you should be going for that is rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and miles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need while endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning from the counterman when he asks you all these questions about your car that you're not going to know about, which model is it, you know, all these things. Go to the place where you're going to find the most convenient way to get the parts that you need at rockauto.com. You can support a family business who has been saving people money on cars for a long, long time. Because with Rock Auto, even I, someone who doesn't know a ton about cars, was able to go on there, find the part that I need, Get it at a great price, and I always check the prices with my stepdaddies and mechanics, and I know nothing about any of this stuff. The prices are great, and it's convenient, because when you have the headache of something going wrong with your car, the last thing you want to do is have to sit there and you know, talk chitter-chatter with a dude for 20 minutes just to have him tell you that they don't have the part or just to have him give you the part from some other warehouse that you know is affiliated with their store. You're going to get everything that you need. Save money when using rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and make sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. I didn't know I was doing shows with the smooth (laughs) operator here, man. The transitions all week have just been (laughs) silky. Yeah. I mean, I'm raising my transition game for sure this week. I mean, Start with Bill Barge, but we have so many great sponsors. It's easy to do it, right? But getting back to this coaching, you know, carousel that the Chargers have had going on recently, bringing in coaches to potentially, you know, come in. Because, I mean, the Chargers also didn't know which guys were going to stay, right? So we could have seen some of these guys, you know, move into bigger roles when these negotiations were happening. And then you just have to kind of stick them somewhere because the guy that, you know, thought might leave didn't leave. And I think that could be a part of it, too. 
Here you go. Uh, uh, what? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to get this title. Yeah. I mean, hey, one thing that we were talking about before the show, Daniel, is that it seemed like there's a lot more coaching positions or a lot more titles <laughs> that the Chargers have brought in this year as opposed to years past. Yeah, 100%. And that's even the thing with Brandon Nugent. is like he didn't get the run game coordinator title that we know of right now. I mean, right. he just got the offensive line coach title. Frank Smith had both of those things, right? So yeah. are they going to have another run game coordinator? Well, that's still yet to be determined at this point. But the one thing that the Chargers did get rid of you know, during this cycle was their special teams coach, and that was Darius Swinton. And they ended up bringing in Ryan Ficken from the Minnesota Vikings. But they also got rid of Meyer Chidori, who was the assistant special teams coach. They still needed one of those guys. And they brought in Chris Gold, who was the brother of a great, great NFL kicker, Robbie Gold, and was also – you know, involved in the Broncos special teams for five seasons over there. And this is the thing I kind of took away from this, David, is we've seen a lot of special teams coaches like Darius Swinton, you know, George Stewart. I don't think there was a lot of kicking expertise specifically. So that's one thing I love about this move is you're actually bringing someone who can specifically help kickers and tell them, you know, help them with adjustments and do things like that. Like, Whereas I think most special teams coaches are just there to get everything in place, right? To make sure everyone knows their assignments, their blocking responsibilities, all of those things. Now you actually have someone who's been a kicker. It can actually help the Chargers hopefully stabilize their kicker position. Well, and you see it with a lot of different position groups too. I mean, you see a linebackers coach. A lot of times you see a lot of former linebackers as a coach there. Offensive line coach, a lot of former offensive linemen there. Defensive line, same thing. Quarterbacks, coaches, a lot of those guys are former quarterbacks. So why wouldn't it make sense to bring in a, a yeah, guy you don't see who it has often experience in teams, kicking, for sure. you know, kicking the football and, and playing it at a high level? And, and not only did he kick in high school or, excuse me, in college, he also had a brother, like you said, Robbie Gold, who was one of the better kickers in the NFL. And so having that type of experience um, playing the position and executing it at a high level and also having, you know, being someone that the players can directly relate to, you know, from a guy who has been there and done that, that is very valuable. You see it all throughout the NFL. Why not at the special teams position as well? Yeah. I'm guessing George Stewart was never a kicker. I could be wrong, but he wasn't even really a special teams coach for like 20 years before. Yeah, Anthony Wynn, you know, made well, we don't need to for talk the Chargers. Yeah, but either way, the, I think the thing is here is, yeah, you have somebody who has ties in the NFL, obviously, you know, can draw on a lot of experience and talks that I'm sure that he's had with his brother and help the, you know, Broncos stabilize their kicker position. Brand McManus has been there for a long time. Hasn't been great. That's the one thing. I mean, he's been, you know, below 85% the last few years or right, hovering around that. Justin Hopkins kicked at 90% for the Chargers last season, a little under when you factor in the entire season. Hopefully that sticks. Hopefully they bring him back. And hopefully this is someone that, you know, can help make that stick. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's it's easy because you just don't want to do the kicker carousel thing. Like, you yeah, have one. The Chargers have played that game way too much. And they, well, they've they also got rid of guys they shouldn't have gotten rid of, right? Like a Josh <laughs> yeah. Lambeau, like yeah. a Young Leku and all that, yeah. too. So, like, maybe let's stick this one out because, he. I mean, even though he missed a field goal in the biggest game of the year, even though he's one for three on 50-plus field goals, obviously that's an incredibly small sample size. And Brandon Staley's not kicking the ball very much from that part of the field anyways. You're usually Definitely seeing the true. offense stay on the field. Inside of that, he was very, very consistent throughout his entire team, you know, time with the Chargers and really stabilized that after Tristan Vizcaino was truly awful. But one of the head-scratching <laughs> coaching additions, David, is Mike Heastand because yeah. this is a dude that has a very defensive background, yet the only thing we know about him right now is that he's coming in 
as a Chargers offensive assistant. So is this like a brand Staley thing? Like, hey, I was a quarterback, but now I'm a defensive guy. And like, I just think of myself as a football coach. That one was kind of interesting. Yeah, the only thing I do know for sure is that his nickname from here on out is Mike He-Man He-Stand. And I'm so I'm going to go ahead and put that out there right now. If you guys are watching or if you're listening, you know, you'd see a, a face palm there from Daniel, which was exactly yeah. what I was going for. I, I absolutely loved it. But yeah, this one is a little bit of a head scratcher because if you look at his resume, everything on there is all defensive side. And we know Brandon Stilley's philosophy of trying to look through, you know, the quarterback size and vice versa, trying to get that sure. different perspective. But the, also the, the one thing I also know is with these kind of coaching assistants, a lot of the times they kind of get in where they fit in. Like it's like, hey, I'll be a, an assistant for whatever you need me. You know, if it's special teams, if it's offense, defense, just let me get my foot in the door and I'll show you what I can do. I think that might be one of the least type of situations as well. Well, another thing he was to was the assistant to the head coach, right? And yes. uh, from a lot of things coming out of Denver, he was Vic Fangio's right-hand man. So now, you know, Staley is stealing the right-hand man of his, you know, mentor in Vic Fangio, someone who his defense closely relates to. So this guy's obviously very familiar with br- what Brandon Staley likes to do. From Mike yeah. Kliss from Nine News in Denver, he said, he stand held a key role on the staff as Fangio's liaison and is viewed as a bright up-and-coming position coach so he was a defensive line coach he was a defensive coordinator for an NAIA school Ave Maria for three seasons not a lot to really go off of there yeah I know for sure I had to look it up just to say it the first time but this is the dark horse thing here David which is kind of interesting Mike Heastand's father is Harry Heastand who is a very well-regarded offensive line coach who's been at the pro and college level for the last 30 seasons Right. And I mean, also, at you know, is now the coach at Notre Dame just got brought back to be their offensive line coach for a second stint. His first stint at Notre Dame, he coached guys like Quentin Nelson and Ronnie Stanley and Mike McGlinchey and Zach Martin. So, I mean, Damn I got a lot good of dudes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously, he has that pedigree. And I think it also kind of goes to what we've seen with the Chargers networking in the college ranks, you know, especially with Notre Dame, one of Tom Telesco's favorite things. Now, you know, the son of the offensive line coach who's been churning out great offensive linemen at a school Tom Telesco loves to draft from is now on your staff, right? So you have to wonder if there's also some ulterior motives at play there. Or maybe Mikey stands making the switch and he's going to try to be the next great offensive line coach, right? A great offensive line assistant. We'll see. Yeah, you know, you, you never know, obviously. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's going to happen? Um, but yeah, this is another thing, just connections, right? It's just, you know, one of those guys that you know had a connection. And hey, ha- having that kind of bloodline, you know, from a guy who's been an established coach in the college and NFL ranks, that's never a bad thing. And obviously, you have that wealth of knowledge that you can kind of, you know, you know, call and, and research and, and try to access, you know, when you need it. So that's, that's never a bad thing, you know. Having yep. those. Well, another thing is, too, I think the timelines match up. When Harry C- Heastan left Notre Dame, he went to be the offensive line coach for the Bears in 2018. Mm. And who was with the Bears in 2018? Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley. So that that is another kind of, you know, dot that you can connect there if you're getting your conspiracy theories. Charlie Day with all the strings up on the whiteboard, you know, thinking of all the craziest things you can do. I mean, it's interesting, right? I mean, just more young coaches. But I think what Brandon Staley has done is he's piqued your interest because with, I mean, we didn't know who Kevin Coger was last year, yeah. right? 
We we kind of knew who Frank Smith was and his kind of pedigree spoke for itself. Shane Day, not really a guy who was talked about a lot coming from Kyle Shanahan and, you know, all the guys who have been hired away from his system. Brandon Steely has given you the confidence, say what you will about the defensive side, and obviously that needs a lot of work, that he can put together an offensive coach. And the guy he tried to bring in as an offensive coordinator last year, Kevin O'Connell, is now the head coach of the Vikings. The guy he wanted to bring in to be his linebacker coach, Joe Barry, ended up being the defensive coordinator for the Packers. And the guy who replaced him just interviewed to be the defensive coordinator for the New Orleans State. So Brandon Staley is out here recruiting these coaches and really trying to build, you know, a really solid foundation to keep adding to. Well, you you hear all the time about coaching trees, right? You got the little yeah. floor coaching tree and you got the McVeigh coaching tree. Well, maybe we're about to start or Brandon Staley starting the beginning of the Staley coaching tree. Well, and the funny thing is he had never actually says he's from the Vic Fangio coaching tree, right? He always says he's from the, you know, Linda Staley coaching tree yeah. with his, you know, his parents' coaching tree, basically. So, I, I mean, if, if he brings in his, his twin brother, maybe then we'll be like, okay, okay, where, where, where do we draw the line with these relationships? <laughs> you know, but until then, I mean, we at least have something in front of us to be excited about what these guys can do, especially on the offensive side and just showing that Brandon Staley, you know, isn't content on the special teams part of it and is just going to keep trying to bring in guys offensively for when these other coaches eventually get poached. Because with Justin Herbert, it's just going to happen, especially on a defensive head coach like Brandon Staley. These guys are going to go. Enjoy them while you can and get another great season out of Justin Herbert, maybe MVP season from Justin Herbert. But on the next show, we will be talking about some free agency because it's coming up fast. We have the combine coming up, free agency coming up. And one of our boys, the OG guest of the show, Daniel Popper, came out with 31 free agents that the Chargers could target in free agency. So we're going to talk about some top-tier guys, mid-shelf guys, right, and also some bargain bin guys from that list that could make sense for the Chargers on the next show, which might come out a little later, maybe tomorrow night as opposed to tomorrow morning. But until then, guys, make sure to go subscribe to the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. Follow the show for free on all platforms. And also make sure to go follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. We will be doing Fan Mail Friday, so if you guys want to get your voicemail on the show, the number there is 323 323- 524-7924. We try to get every charge voicemail played on the show. And we'll also put out a post on our Twitter at Lockdown LAC. So you guys can ask some questions on there. You can ask some questions in the YouTube comments. You can hit us up on Instagram at Lockdown Chargers or on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page and ask us questions there. The more the merrier. And we'll try to get as many as we can on that Friday show. But make sure to come back on the next one to talk about some free agency and some guys the Chargers should definitely bring in with a lot of cap space to work with. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.